Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's the 23rd of December 1991. A blizzard falls over Stockholm, keeping its traffic to a standstill. A hundred kilometres away, a car has crashed in a ditch, and three bank robbers are fleeing from it. The police don't know the identities of the men they're chasing. But Stefan Thunberg did. Hi, uh, my name is Stefan Thunberg. I'm uh, the co-author of uh, The Father. I'm also a screenwriter in Sweden. But most of all, I'm the fourth brother who follow robbery after robbery from the inside. Hi, I'm Anders Roslund, um, co-author of The Father. Today I'm a best-selling author. But back then, when all this happened, I was still a TV reporter at the biggest news station in Sweden. And it was my job to cover this three-year-long period of brutal madness. Together they are Anton Svensson. And this is Made in Sweden, the six-part podcast about the incredible true story that inspired their novel, The Father. I'm Ed Wood, and this is a family tale like no other. Episode 5, Decline and Fall. So six months after the big weapons theft, when they this gang, this group, stole 221 machine guns without anybody noticing, anybody knowing that. During those six months, that half a year, uh, they had uh, attacked armed trucks. They had made their first single bank robbery, if there is such a word. They had made their double robbery. Uh, they had continued robbing banks without anybody knowing where are those weapons coming from because the forensics they knew it was military exclusive weapons and there were supposed there was none stolen there was none reported after half a year uh there is a discovery uh because after 6 months you will uh also inspect the weapons uh cave in, on the inside, uh, because otherwise, the man in control, uh, in charge of of uh, inspecting those, he's doing that on the outside, and on the outside, uh, it was still perfect. The house was having walls and roof and and uh, a door, and it was intact, since they made it under it, 
uh, they dug underneath. They dug underneath, they and then there was an explosion, and they stole, and they took weapon after weapon during in in, in this tunnel. Now, the theft is discovered. Now, everybody, the police, the military, and of course the media realizes we have two hundred twenty-one machine guns on the run here, uh, and the gang's name that has already been sort of almost the military gangs since it's they their their acting resemble military operations now it was the name so from this point they were called the military gang all the way and at this at this moment <clears throat> this is after the bomb this is after uh, uh a number five five robberies already at this point four or five robberies and a few more attempts but things were beginning to fall apart inside the gang so leo decided to do something new didn't he stefan yes he decided to um, <clears throat> start uh, negotiating to sell the weapons back to the police uh, to uh, and with uh, this blackmail uh, that um, if you don't buy back the weapons, we're going to give them to, uh, uh, you know, other groups in society like Hells Angels and things like that. Just give them away. So it's going to be a lot of um, uh, chaos out on the streets. So that was the plan. So he wrote this uh, letter to the police and he sent it to the police. And uh, they start to uh, negotiate about to buy back the weapons for a couple of millions. It was like 25 million kroner, I think, they wanted for the weapons. And then we have this uh, episode with the letter in the novel. Um, Let's hear how Leo put that to the police. Personal read the envelope that she had brought from his mailbox in the corridor and put on his desk. And then his name, Detective John Bronx. Personal. Nothing in this fucking building was personal. He wormed his index finger into the gap where the glue didn't quite stick and ripped it open hastily and started reading. Dear Mr. Bronx, After contacting the 20 most dangerous criminal organizations in the country, according to your classification, and receiving a great deal of interest in our stock, we have decided to extend the opportunity to buy our goods to your organization as well. Thus, we have the pleasure of offering you the following equipment. Submachine gun M45, 124 pieces. AK-4, 92 pieces. Machine gun KSP-58, 5 pieces. Bronx searched through his top desk drawer. A pair of plastic gloves. He pulled them on. He should have had them on from the beginning. And then proceeded to read the last thing he'd ever expected to receive. Here are a few details from our high-profile advertising campaigns known only to us and you for reference purposes. Sviedmure, December the 11th. An MP58 used to fire seven shots from below at the corner camera. The lid on the freestanding safe jammed, only the upper tray was emptied. Ursmo, January the 2nd. Two identical escape vehicles used to avoid detection. One cash register in Hundles Bank, never emptied due to time locks. For six damn months he had searched, hunted, lived with them without finding a single trace and now this direct contact with the lead detective 
We have left a sample for you at the following location. Old Surdetalier Road. Stop at the barrier. Face the barrier. Go 7 meters to your right. Follow the path 35 meters to the summit. On the top of the hill there will be a pile of five stones and a young spruce. Under the spruce you will find your samples. Sincerely, Anna Karin. Bronx quickly wrote down the directions in a notebook and gently put both the letter and the envelopes in a plastic pouch. Just a moment ago, he'd decided it was over. But they'd made contact and he would continue to devote all of his time to them. They were out there somewhere and he wouldn't let go until they were stopped. Anders, the, the reality was a little more complicated than a single letter, which is what it is in the novel. What really happened? Uh, in the first place, it was, of course, unknown. This was unknown for everyone except for... Because th- this was the first contact between those faceless robbers out there. After so long time, they established contact with the police. Uh, if you don't mention when they called in the bomb threat. Otherwise, this was the first contact, and the police kept this a secret because it was a start of a negotiation, and uh, it was one letter, and it was an answer, and it was two letters, and and so it kept on. In total, it was 27 or so letters, back and forth, and the police, who were not aware of who to respond to and where and how, they were always instructed how to respond. So in that days, it was, you had a private section in the daily news, in our major papers, you could sort of advertise uh, for personal reasons. And it was in code that uh, the police answered this group in uh, those personal ads saying, Anna Karing, I love you, or Anna Karing, I want to meet again, or whatever the instruction was. Or they also use the teletext on television, which is a big, uh, it's very popular in Sweden, and everybody reads the news from the teletext every morning, and uh, they had to sort of blend in their answers in the teletext there. It was also back in that time when we didn't have the cell phones and so, the mobiles. Uh, we had a special announcements in the public service radio. Uh, you, it was like this: uh, uh, Emma and Emil on uh, biking vacation in the south of Sweden. Please, we need to get in touch with you, mom and dad. It was ads like that when when it was a sort of a crisis somewhere, and also that one was used by the police force to answer this group. Over this long period, and this was, I've been sitting on all those for many, many years, different trials. I've never seen this title of, of, of a crime before, attempted aggravated extortion against the police. That's what they called it. That was what they called it. And, and it was uh, the first time I, I get that preliminary, pre- preliminary investigation with that such a title. And it could have been successful. First you steal the weapons, then you rob so many banks, and then you actually get paid once more for the weapons. But it didn't f- got to a good end because the, the negotiation, they collapsed. Do, do you think the police ever intended paying Leo for those weapons? They intended to get him out in the open. 
uh, they intended to drag it as long as they could, but there was money, and there was maybe uh, uh, because if if the threats had been real and they knew that that they would equip so many gangs out there, uh, the, this would be ha, had been an easy way to to sort of settle. But still, uh, that's the last thing you do to 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 sort of surrender to 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 the bad guys. And Stefan, did Leo ever really think that his plan would succeed? I think so in the beginning, yes. But I think, or he had told me that uh, after like 15, 20 letters, because they, in the reality they wrote a lot of letters to each other, everything was turned into a big joke in that group, in that uh, him and Jasper, though, when they wrote the letters, it was like they... What, what can we write now? They talked about it, they joked about it, and they, they realized that the police never gonna try to give us any money because they uh, trying to stall things. Stall, yeah, yeah, and stall. And this was the point when this, this high point, feeling that you are in charge, uh, you can rob a bank if you want to, you can uh, give them a bomb threat if you want to and attract them all to the police officers, uh, to the stations there. This was another way in the beginning actually to control society. I can steal whatever I want and I can demand whatever I want. But somehow during this long conversation between letters and and TV and radio, they realized exactly what Stefan is talking about. This is not. So they lost control during the And then it was sort of a way to. And all the time when you write letters to the police, you know, they have experts on the police that uh, analyze your letters and how you write and how you spell things and things like that. And they all the time trying to be somebody else to... Uh, they put on voices. Yes, put on voices. And, you know, a more academic voice, you know, try to uh, uh, write letters like a politi- politician and things Who like that. Who was writing the letters? It was Jasper and Leo, really. Your friend and yes, your brother. yeah. And, and you, you can see exactly that. They are 20 years old. They had not been to university, but they try to, to sound older to yeah. get the, those, to the, get the intention to, to be, be somebody, to be respected. And where were Felix and Vincent, your younger brothers at this point? They were a part of it, but they didn't want to be a part of it. They really wanted to go, uh, left the group and, and uh, don't rob any more banks. Uh, the, so they hoped really that maybe they, they could pull this off, you know, to sell back the weapons and uh, get all the money. And how do you think they felt when it didn't succeed? Uh, it, it, I think it was a, a slowly... Uh, 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 they, they understand that slowly under the whole process that this is not going to work. Uh, I think that is for them. So they understand that. So I think they were more prepared for it than maybe Leo was. Uh, because... Uh, I, yeah... At this point, it feels to me like a house of cards and it might have taken the slightest thing to blow it down. And then your father got involved again. Slowly. You have to, you have to go back a little bit because when my brother was 19, 20 years old, he, uh, he, um, he cut all the ties with my father after a fight on a construction uh, site. Uh, and... Uh, after that, he took over the role, you can say, as the father in the family. And he started his own construction uh, company uh, with my younger brothers. And uh, he had promised uh, my 
one of my younger brothers that he never ever gonna have any contact with our father after that. So it's we against him now from that point. But when the group was starting to crack up inside from inside, uh, in the same time, my father and with his intuition, you know, uh, he he looked. He was sitting in the sofa uh, at his home and he was looking at this Wanted, the program called Wanted in Sweden. And it was a Wanted special, only about the military gang. One hour, only the military gang. Because now everything was in the open, you know, every weapon, they know that it was the military gang. And every, they, had con- they could connect them to a lot of robberies. So this was the biggest... A bank robbery group in the Sweden in Sweden right then, and he was sitting looking at that, and he could see that under that mask is somebody who have my genes. His movements, pattern, everything is. He he walks like me. He is me. That's my son. So he could see. You know, it's like just this twenty second film they had. He could see that that's my son. And I remember he starting to call me up. When when had you last spoken to him before that? I had this, you know, loose contact with him. You know, he could call me when he had drank, drink a couple of glasses of wine and things like that. And he started to call me up then, you know, because I think I was the easiest one to call at that time. Uh, because my other brother, they were like, they had this uh, uh, wall against him. Between them and him, you know. After the Molotov cocktail yeah, we episode. Have, yeah, you can say that. And wh- why didn't you? Because, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like, uh, I have, I, I think it because we have never fight like my big brother and he, you know, it was a fight. He, he, he and uh, after that, um, and it was a fight. It, it was arguing. They arguing about money. I think so. Money that uh, my big brother, after the first uh, uh, robbery, he paid back to my father and said, "Now you get your money. It's enough now. No more." So that's that's was a part of the story. So so he called me up, my father, because and he 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 asked me, you know, in subtext, in kind of way that. Do you know what your brothers are doing? Or you know anything about what they're really doing? And things like that. And uh, I understand that. He understands that my, uh, his sons, my brothers, are the military gang. And we have this section in the novel yeah. in which he recognises them. Let's listen to that. Ivan swapped the newspaper on top for one below, which showed a picture of a black-clad robber aiming his weapon. He'd stood in a queue at the supermarket down in the square that moved so slowly he wondered why they didn't open another cash register. While he waited, his eyes had landed on the newspaper rack and there from a distance he'd seen two words, military league. And then, when it was his turn, he saw the rest, according to the article, whoever had stolen a shitload of weapons from a military armory had used them to carry out a robbery in Schöndal near a summer camp for the handicapped that Brit Marie had worked at for several years, and two robberies just 500 metres from his own home. Schöndal. Her domain. A place the police described as so obscure that you had to know about it in order to choose it. Uzmo. His domain, 
and the paper pointed out the brutality of eight shots forming a face. He had gradually stopped caring about what they wrote, focusing instead on the pictures, in particular two black and white ones that appeared in all the papers of the man they called the leader. Slightly blurry photos and yet broad shoulders, eyes behind the mask as if she were standing there looking at him, and a mouth with thin lips stretched into a tight line, an expression he himself often wore. Ivan adjusted the notebook and lifted his pencil. It was starting now. Sweden's most wanted. According to the newspapers, today's whole program would be devoted to the military league, a special that would highlight every aspect, every detail, in the hope of generating responses from the public. He flattened out the pages of his notepad and watched the host standing in front of the cops, talking about the biggest weapons theft in Swedish history and about the six aggravated robberies that the group might be linked to. Six robberies. He wrote that down. The newspapers had only written about four. Rapid pictures of the insides of bullet-riddled banks, shattered glass on the floor and open doors to empty bank vaults. A security van in Farsta, Hundelsbank in Sviedmure, Hundelsbank and SE Bank in Uzmo, Savings Bank in Rimbo and SE Bank in Kungsur. He started writing again, new information. Rimbo, Kungsur. Then several seconds of a panning shot taken inside Stockholm Central Station where a bomb had exploded. Terrified people pushing each other behind a high fence. Bomb? He wrote it down but couldn't really see it. He understood the weapons, he did, and the robbery, but not the bomb. The word bomb didn't belong with the rest. It didn't fit into the pattern. The host now spoke about the members of the group, about their military knowledge, about how they were athletically built, spoke perfect Swedish, and probably had no criminal record. Perf, Swedish, no record. And then, brand new images, moving. They hadn't shown anything like this before. Shots from various cameras just before they were shot down. Short snippets angled from above and often only a few seconds long, depicting a clear leader described as between six foot two and six foot four, weighing between 80 and 85 kilos. He dropped the pencil and heard it roll across the table and onto the floor. Despite the fact that this was exactly what he was supposed to be keeping tabs on, height, weight, all the things he didn't know, all the information that was new. That was why he'd bought this notebook. But he didn't need to write it down. He could see it clearly, though it was just a few seconds of footage, the pattern that is repeated in everything, from the smallest element to the movement of our limbs, a driving force inside millions of cells, present even in the unique rings of small ridges on our palms and fingertips. Ivan reached for the wine bottle that stood on the floor at his feet, untouched. He opened it and drank until he had to stop to catch his breath. Now, he knew. And were you worried when your yeah, because father my, got yeah, in touch? Yeah, you know, always when he uh, had drunk, he, uh, he, he was a kind of a loose gun, you know, he, uh, anything could happen. So I, I told
talked to my oldest brother Leo about this and he just told me that don't care about him. Don't worry about him. He's not the problem. He don't know what he's talking about. Like he was so just don't talk to him. It's just bullshit what he say. Uh, he he trying to get under our skin again like that, you know. And that ultimately wasn't going to be a good thing for the gang. No, it wasn't. And, you know, he tried to keep my dad outside in the beginning, but then when my younger brother didn't want to be a part of the gang anymore, and, uh, you know, Leo didn't really know what he was was going to do with his life, and, and he got this economical crisis, you know, no money, and he had a lot of things to pay for under that period because you know with 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 money from the bank robbery he he was expanding like his lifestyle and things like that and uh, he had started planning a new robbery and at this point you said leo and ivan had started talking again did you find it hard to conceive that they could begin to become close again i i didn't uh, had a thought about that. I, you know, it's it. I didn't. I couldn't. No, I never ever that they two are going to be like father and son again, or or what you could say. You know, call it. Was this ever something that Ivan was just going to walk away from? Um, the realization that his sons robbed banks. Yeah. Yeah. Could is it something he could ignore? No, I don't. No, never. He, uh, this was his way into the family again, the way back to his sons again. I think that was his f- feeling. But I want to say two things with it. Go the on. first is, like, this was his way into the uh, to his sons again. You know, the, the family. And then he, as we in the book, he said to his son, like, you, ne- they're gonna kill you because they have weapons too. Uh, he trying to stop him, and when, but. In the first step, uh, mm. part, and then when he realized that he can't stop his son, then he said, "Okay, I'm I'm with you, and this is my way back." So he tried to stop him first. So it's not like I don't think my father was like, "Oh, I'm gonna rob banks with my son." It's a more difficult situation than that for him. And did Leo allow him back in? Not in the beginning, but he had to later on because uh, Leo got got the problem and he had to rob one more bank and um, uh, he had to uh, ask uh, my father if he wanted to be a part of next, the next robbery. What, hap- what happened to Leo after the episode with the Molotov cocktail? The police interrogated him and uh, uh, my dad went to uh, custody. You know, and after that situation, after that episode in my life, after that trauma, my father was convinced that Leo had rat him out for the police as 12 years old. That he had rat his own father out in f- for the police. And as we know, that's the worst thing in the world yeah. to your father. That's against the whole family values. So what did that do to their relationship? It was... Uh, it was a big problem in periods because uh, when my dad drunk, he was uh, uh, always saying that my uh, oldest brother was, a, you know, in Swedish we call it an angivare, but I think rat is the right word in English. Uh, and uh, I think that was a part of their conflict 
uh, under so many years, and they took it with them uh, to this last, the last robbery uh, that day before Christmas. Made in Sweden was presented by Ed Wood. The authors were Anders Rosland and Stefan Thunberg, and the producer was Gavin Osborne. The Father by Anton Svensson and published by Sphere is available from Waterstones and all other good bookshops. The audiobook, recorded and produced by Chatterbox Audio, is available from Audible now. The Made in Sweden podcast series was recorded at the RNIB Studios with post-production by Chatterbox Audio. This has been a Nashet Audio production. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.